that? Eat my short. Hello and welcome fellow film buffs. I'm Hunter Van Lyrup joined by my co-host and fellow cinephile Zach Droll. Wait, um, wait, this, this isn't from one of the ring. What, wait. Where am I? That's right, dude. Uh, you are uh, in my house now. We are box office losers, and you are one of them now. Welcome. Uh, Welcome to the fold, awesome. baby boy. <laughs> awesome. So each and every week, we are going to dive deep into the movie sphere to watch and review any and all films to ever grace the screen. This week, we're going to be talking about The Breakfast Club. Zach, hit us up with an overview of what the fuck The Breakfast Club is. The Breakfast Club is a 1985 American teen coming-of-age film drama written, produced, and directed by the king of coming-of-age movies of the 80s, John Hughes. He founded it's, the Rat Pack, basically. I think they're called the yes, Rat Pack. Or, or the, the Rat Bunch, or... No, um, no, it was the Brat Pack. The Brat Pack. Ah, it was something. <laughs> it's it, these actors that we're about to mention. <laughs> um, the Breakfast Club stars Emilio Estevez, Antonio, uh, Anthony Michael Hall, uh, John Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy as teenagers from 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 the same high school, but from different cliques who spend a Saturday in detention with their authoritarian assistant principal portrayed by Paul Gleason. I'm pretty sure his name was Richard something, but we'll just call him Dick. I think it was Richard. Out. I think it was Richard Vernon was yeah, his Vernon, character's name. Vernon. And everybody just calls Correct. him Dick. <laughs> Correct. All right. So you got any opening statements about uh, the breakfast club that you want to get out of the way before um, we discuss the plot? Cause like I, I've um, only seen this movie a total of two times. <laughs> I'm going to say this, so a lot of people might hate me for this. They might say that um, Ferris Bueller is the best John Hughes movie, but I say this is the best breakfast, like, this is the best movie John Hughes has ever made. It has it has the right amount of chemistry between the actors and actresses, and it overall is an amazing story for, for what it has told. Yeah, I think the, the whole coming-of-age aspect was very, I don't want to say nuanced, but, like, I mean, I don't want to say niche. It was very nuanced here. Like, like they, they brought it up from a niche to a well-known and everyone does it kind of film. You know what yeah. I mean? This was like the first of many. This spawned all the coming-of-age teenage films that you know and love. At least I feel. Yeah, definitely. All right, so you, now let's... Um, <coughs> you you, you want to dive into that plot? So, yeah, I will jump on to the sick, nasty plot of The Breakfast Club. So... On Saturday, March 24th, 1984, five high school students at the fictional Shermer High School report at 7 a.m. for a full day of detention, which is fucking insane. I never got detention once, but I know it was only for... Detention at my high school was like one to two hours after school, and that was it. Yeah. No yeah, way in hell would I, even if I got in trouble, would ever go to an all-day detention. I, I, I've been to after-school detention, so... And how long was it? Like an hour? Two? Uh, about like an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, you just sit there and do homework, or you sit there and fuck off if they tell you not to do homework. But a full yeah. day on a Saturday? No. No thank you. <laughs> so, each uh, each one of the students comes from a different clique. We have Claire Standish, a snobby beauty. We have Brian Johnson, a brainiac. Andrew Clark is the wrestler. John Bender is a rebel and a bully, also a criminal. And Allison Reynolds is the shy goth. They gather in the school library where assistant principal Dick instructs them not to talk, move their seats, or sleep until 4 p.m. 7 to 4. It's like a fucking job. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you ain't getting paid for this. And uh, right before he leaves, he assigns them with a thousand-word essay in which each must describe who you think you are, 
He leaves, returning only occasionally to check in on them. So, that is like the opening, what, 20 minutes? 30 minutes? Uh, of the, uh, 20, yeah. like 15, 20 yeah. minutes of the movie. Yeah. That's where we get to introduce all the characters. We get to see their, the, like, the touches of their family life, except for Bender. And, um, yeah. and Ali Sheedy's character. We don't see their, like, family life, but we see Claire, you know, having a little argument with her family. We see Andrew and his dad yelling at each other, and then we just see Brian kind of, like, in shame, walk out of his car and get onto the, uh... Yeah. A big old failure for getting detention. So... It's, like, it's it, it's very unique on how you see um, them pull up. You, you see, um, like, the, the family aspect of three versus the, the the broken home of two. Mm-hmm. So now um continuing on with the plot, uh John who is an antagonist who is in an, an antagonist relationship with Vernon ignores the rules and riles up the other students. John spends most of his time humiliating Brian, bullying Andrew, and pretty much sexually harassing Claire and in- ignoring Allison cuz she is the mute. And she's just but- fucking off in the back <laughs> making weird sandwiches. Yes. <laughs> Which what was what like cheese, sugar, and Captain I think it was Crunch? cheese, sugar, yeah, and Captain Crunch or um, cinnamon toast crunch. I can't really tell from the way it, it, it. it was. It, it was Captain Crunch. I think I remember. Okay. Um, but they all individually feel sorry for him after seeing how he interacts with his abusive, uh, with, with abusive adults like Vernon, who give John eight weekends, which is a total of two months worth of additional detention, and eventually locks him in the storage closet. But he escapes and returns to the library. That is absolutely ridiculous. How can a teacher, even though, what was he, the assistant vice principal or whatever? Uh, yes. How can they just be like, all right, I'm going to give you, I understand getting a bunch of detention for mouthing off. You know, you disrespect an authority figure yeah. and you're going to have consequences. But locking him in a fucking closet and threatening to beat the shit out of him and kill him, that's a lot. Especially so- for a kid who's supposed to be maybe 18 because it seems like he may have gotten held back. <laughs> yeah. So, so that is absolutely reason, ridiculous. I actually, I remember a scene differently. I thought when he was going back to the library, I thought he was doing like the, um, like the diehard thing. Oh, like when he was crawling? crawling? I'm, I'm talking about when Vernon was just verbally abusing uh, the shit out of him. Well, no, I, I was talking about when he escaped. For some reason, I remember him like just, just mimicking that scene. But I, No, I he, actually, uh, he actually uh, starts telling a joke. Yeah. He's crawling through the vents and he's like, Three people walk into a bar. I forget who. <coughs> I forget what three people walk into a bar. And then as he's getting through the joke, he crashes through the ceiling and screams. <laughs> he, he fell pretty far too, <laughs> dude. I, when that happened, I, 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 I've seen this movie one time before this morning, and it was back maybe senior year of high school. Mm. I, I wrote it down in my review somewhere. Maybe senior year of high school, and I was and I totally forgot that he falls through the ceiling. It's just yeah. Ugh, the antics you can get up to in a wacky high school movie. Yeah. Like, ugh, no. <laughs> so, the students pass the hours by talking, arguing, and at one point smoking marijuana, except for Allison, who does not smoke. Gradually, they open up and reveal their secrets. Claire has uh, many experiences with peer pressure. John comes out from an abusive household. Allison is a compulsive liar. And then Andrew can't think for himself. And then uh, Brian is compelled. He contemplated suicide over a bad grade but he did it with a fl- he was gonna do it with a flare gun it's probably possible for all we know Who oh yeah oh especially because yeah that yeah. thing shoots out it definitely at least give you a con- i don't think it would go through you but it would definitely give you a severe concussion yeah. or like possibly like, fuck your brain around and you know rattle yeah. it up yeah uh they discover they all have poor relationship with their parents 
Claire's parents usually get back at each other during arguments because they're from a broken home. John's parents physically and verbally abuse him as well as each other. Allison's parents just neglect her. Andrew's father pushes him to the limit because he's the star wrestler. He's got to do this. He's, you know, there's a whole thing with like pageant moms that comes to mind where yeah. the pageant moms force what they couldn't do onto their children and then it drives them eventually insane. And that's what I feel like John, uh, Andrew's path would be going down if we got more into like what happened after they, you know, graduated high school if he didn't stand up to his father and tell him to go fuck oh. off. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then Brian's parents pressure him into earning the highest grades possible. So when he gets an F in shop class, him, you know, wanting to kill himself because he got an F is because he doesn't want to disappoint his parents, which is a whole other situation, you know? Yeah. So the students realize that despite the differences, they face similar problems. So this is like, so this is probably what, like, maybe halfway through the movie, we skipped over the parts where they're um, running amok in the halls going to the cafeteria, going to the basketball court when Bender um, gets his marijuana and then stuffs it in Brian's pants. We yeah. see um, the janitor show up. Uh, I think his name's Clark, the janitor. Yes, correct. Or Joe, one of them. Uh, and um, he's got a, like a relationship with Brian, which seems a little weird at first, but I think it's just because Brian is an outcast and he just talks to the janitor because, yeah, you know, whatever. that's what every nerd does. They, they, they talk to the fucking janitor nowadays. Yeah, and then uh, nowadays, this is back in 84. Oh, but, but back in 84, <laughs> now now if a, if a janitor talks to a kid, he gets uh, fired and charged for something. <laughs> and then... um. There's the scene where Vernon and oh that's later. Um, there's the scene where Vernon is walking around in the uh, in the <laughs> the school, whistling and drink getting water as all the students are running around in that little montage. Yeah, it's which it, I thought it's, was it's great. A good scene because like the, this soundtrack's really good for this movie. The soundtrack is bumping for the time it came out. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, now continuing on with the plot, uh, Claire gives Allison a makeover. I fucking hated this part. It was weird. I absolutely fucking hated this part because one. It shows that only um, that, that Andrew likes her for her looks, and and nothing else. Well, I, I think, think she looked better when, when she was the shy golf. Well, that's because you like you know. Yes, yes. You like golf girls. That's you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, no, I, I th- it's not only just that. There was a little bit of that, but you can see like even at the beginning. Besides the fact she's a little weird at the beginning, like once she starts opening up, you can see that Andrew is starting to take like a little bit of a liking to her. It, yeah. it comes out more fully when she does get the makeover and then they kiss near the end. But um, you see slowly that Andrew is like looking at her and they're smiling at each other. And they're like, he, she, uh, he yells at Bender when uh, Bender starts picking on her uh, after they smoke marijuana. And they're sitting in the little circle where Brian reveals that he had the flare gun in his locker. Yeah. Yeah. So um, like, let, let's, uh, before we continue on the plot, let's talk about a little bit of like the marijuana smoking scene. <laughs> Because, oh, like, Andrew hotboxes himself in one of the study rooms while the others are all smoking around except for Allie, which she's shy off he, in the He corner. hotboxes himself far, far too much. Dude, that he was goes a... crazy. And also, he breaks the door. Yeah. <laughs> Might we add, he breaks the fucking door. Yeah. <laughs> now, continue on with the plot. Um, so, a cleric is Allison Makeover, which sparks a romantic interest of Andrew. Claire decides to break her pristine, innocent appearance by kissing um, uh, Bender and giving him a hickey. I, to be honest, I, I didn't see, like, I didn't, I, 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 I'm thinking now that Claire kind of has a bit of Stockholm towards Bender. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. 
she's forced to but, hang out with somebody all day, and then eventually, you know, they start to like each other. That is a, like, yeah. a very Stockholm-y thing. But I think it was because, not only that, besides Bender sexually harassing her, which is fucking annoying, yes. it, it's the whole thing. Andrew's, like, defending her, and it's like, Andrew, you're making it worse because he's, he's just going to keep doing it if you yell at him. But yeah. um, there are scenes later on in the movie where uh, Claire starts to sympathize with um, Bender because of the abusive relationship he has with his parents and the semi-emotional abuse that she deals with at home with her two parents fighting over her. Oh. Oh, yeah. So, like, they see that they're not, like the plot said before, that, you know, they're not so different, you know? They all share, also, like, a couple things in common, especially with their parents. And also, like, I, something I wanted to, like, touch upon. So, they, the, before they all, like, um, fell asleep in detention, we see Claire kind of, like, just daydreaming. I, w- I wonder, what was she daydreaming about Bender? Or was she just off in her own world? Yeah, I don't she, really know. Because she smiles. I don't think she was into Bender at that point. I think she was just fantasizing about not being in detention for seven hours. <laughs> um, now, uh, although they suspect their new relationship will end along with the detention, they believe her mutual experience will change and the way they look at their peers. But, uh, <laughs> but, well, like I said, like um, at the end of at the end of this day, and essentially, they won't be friends anymore. They probably will just uh, give a passing high. But well, they make nothing it, else. They talk about it. Um, Claire goes, Andrew, if Brian said hi to you, you'd probably say hi back. But then right when he's out of earshot, you would rip to your friends that you don't know him and you're just saying hi because he's a loser. And then yeah. Andrew goes, well, you know, he does that whole like, oh. And then Brian is like, oh, man, I think we'd be friends. That's because Brian's like the, the loser, the, the loser, smart brainiac kid. And then Ali Sheedy, I don't think she says anything. And then Bender's like. Claire, you wouldn't even do it either. And Claire just fucking fully admits to it, goes on this whole tirade about, like, you know, her fr- you don't know what my friends are like because she's, she's uh, caught up in a lot of peer pressure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I- and then they all conclude that no matter who they, you know, if Bender and Claire ever, like, end up getting together again, like, it's yeah. only going to come off as, like, a weird fit, like, a weird harassment thing. The only people I, that I think will stay friends, sorry for interrupting, is no, um, right. is Ali Sheedy's character and, uh, sorry, Ali Sheedy's character, Allison and John, uh, Andrew. Yes. Because, like, they kiss at the end and they give each other these looks, and I'm like, well, maybe they'll see each other again. Because, yeah. you know, th- 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 once uh, Allison starts actually talking, she's, she's not, like, a weird character. She comes off as, like, a shy weirdo, but once yeah. she starts talking, she's just a normal person, which says a lot about certain other things that Andrew didn't like her like you said before she got the makeup but i like i was saying it looks like it was a little bit getting there but once yeah. she fully came out of her shell and got the makeover she was this whole other person i think andrew's gonna stick with that and i think uh that's gonna be good for allison oh even yeah, though it's a little like the whole like don't change the person you love blah 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 yeah but it was cool um, to see that maybe those two will stay friends and then maybe allison will talk to to brian there definitely is um one thing though I liked about the scene when they were all like just opening up to each other. Yeah, that was, was, that, was go... that after the marijuana. Uh, uh, yes, that, that was after. Or was that like when they're sitting on the uh like the the thing up high where Brian talks about that, the gun? Yeah, that, that that was after the marijuana. So that that was okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I I liked um Allison's quote, which was like, "When you grow up, your heart dies." That 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 that's a that's a really good quote, because like in a sense like it because like whenever like for us we always say. We're not going to be like our mom. We're not going to be like our dad. But it's inevitable. 
we will always end up like our parents. And like, in her, some her way, quote, shape, or form. Her her quote does her quote does like make a good point by saying, when you grow up, essentially your love for almost anything but yourself dies. And that and you, you were only on a one track mind. But if you were a different person, sure, yes, you, you would you would care about your kids. You would care about your significant other. But just your your view of life just goes away. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's pretty much how I saw that um, part. Yeah, no, you, you pretty much summed it up uh, on the nose, really. Like, the whole, like, you grow up to be your parents, no matter how hard you try against it, unless, yeah. like, you really try to persevere and, like, hit it home that you're not that kind of person, which is easily possible to overcome. If your parents are very shitty or if, like, they're abusive, as long as you don't hit your child, you will never end yeah. up like your parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in that kind of scenario. As long as, like, if you don't if you don't yell at your child and emotionally abuse them, you're not going to end up like your parents if they emotionally abuse you. You just kind of learn to um, choose your words wisely. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Uh, let's finish up this plot and then get to some uh, reviews. So, as, de- as the detention nears its end, the group requests Brian to complete the essay for everyone, and John returns to the storage closet to fool Vernon into thinking he never left. Brian leaves the essay in the library for Vernon to read after they leave. As the students part ways, Allison and Andrew kiss, as do uh, Claire and Bender. Allison rips Andrew's state championship hatch off from his jacket to keep, and Claire gives John one of her diamond earrings, which he puts on. Vernon reads the essay in which Brian states that Vernon has already judged who they are using stereotypes, which is the like basically the whole thing of the movie. Like each person is categorized, and throughout the movie, they're all trying to break their own stereotypes. Yeah, which I thought was a really cool like little fuck you to not only John Hughes himself for him going oh fuck you to me because he'll write at the beginning like stereotypes, and he goes now we're gonna tell myself to go fuck myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then it's also a big f you to Dick. Um, where was I? Uh, Vernon reads the essay in which, okay, I got there. Um, and that Vernon is crazy if he thinks they'll let him tell them who they are. He correspondingly states that each one of us is a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. Does that answer your question? As he signs off, sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. Which, I never understood the name of The Breakfast Club. I know that they all got up at 7 in the morning to go, you know, around breakfast time to go to detention. But they hang out till 4 p.m. They should be called the brunch club or the dinner club or the or the detention club. I aren't. I never understood why they called themselves the breakfast club. They don't even oh. eat breakfast together. Well, they kind of eat lunch together, but that's then it's the lunch club. <laughs> but, um, no, like so. I also like if you look at the way he signs off when he goes like, "Oh, to like um the athlete, the criminal." Like he he also does inadvertently snitch out Bender because Bender is 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 on there. Yeah. As a criminal. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he, he does inadvertently snitch that Bender was with him the entire time. Mm-hmm. Which goes to say, uh, even though, uh, God, I don't even remember his name, Brian uh, breaks his stereotype of tattletale nerd, he still a little bit goes back into it. Because he writes the whole essay. I think Brian is the only character who doesn't really change that much throughout the film. He overcomes, um, you know... Th- being humiliated and being his own person. He stands up for himself near the yeah. end, but he still goes into the, the whole of, I got to be smart. I'm writing the essay for everyone because I'm probably the best at it. And then he goes, and I'm a snitch a little bit, but it, it was a good message <laughs> to, yeah. to end on. And then the last scene we uh, have is Bender 
He's raising his fist while walking through an empty football field. Don't you? The very, <laughs> I, that is still like a very iconic shot. Oh, yeah. In, it's in, probably in, one of the most in, iconic in scenes in cinematic. Scene. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. like, in, if, you, if you list off, like, great cinematic scenes, you get um, the ending of The Breakfast Club. You get the, the, the revealing of the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Um, uh, seeing the, the pirate ship in, in The Goonies. You, you, everything's a very like you, you can pinpoint um, iconic scenes because they because they just resonate with you uh-huh. as a whole. All right. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's get on to some reviews before we get yes. on to our final thoughts and closing about whatever goes on in the movie sphere these days. Yes. So Zach, you can start off with your review while um, I pull mine up. So like for me overall, I like I said, I, I see this movie as the best John Hughes movie ever. The storytelling, the characters, the acting. This movie is just perfect. If, if you really are to think about it, like, this movie was way ahead of its time. If you are to create um, this movie now, it probably it, it would still get the, the same, like, cult following and still same, like, heartfelt message. But um, overall, like, I think that this cast really knocked it home. Um, my, my favorite scene is when um, Bender, um, John Nelson's character... Is re is re is recreating his home life. It, it's it's very very um, emotional. You see it, and um, when when Andrew goes, that, that's a load of crap. You that, that never happened, and he he walks over to him, pulls up his sleeve, and you see a perfect burn of, of a cigarette mark. He goes mm-hmm. uh, of a cigar mark. He goes, and this is see this this is a burn of a cigar. This is what you get in my house when you knock paint over in the garage. Yeah, which is a fucking. Yeah, huge like overstep right there. But also outside of outside of that scene, like also my my favorite character being Ali Sheedy's character, Allison Reynolds. She she is like, like we didn't touch on this in the um in the in the plot. She is just there because she had nothing else better to do on a Sunday. Yeah, which is crazy. But she's also a compulsive liar. So yeah. So but like, I but what could she have done? She probably. Like got fed up with something and maybe cursed out a teacher, or she's she's uh, klepto obviously, so she steals a lot of stuff. Yeah, she, so maybe she stole, she stole, stole something. Blade. <laughs> yeah, she she may have stole stuff, and then um, oh god, yeah. Like I also yeah. I and my, my overall rating of this movie, and I will be doing ratings like this. Um, I'm giving it ten Andrew Clark lunches out of ten. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna give it a ten out of ten. Yeah, is there, I, any, I, I is there anything else you want to touch upon? Um, uh, I, I, I think I brought up that like this movie was definitely ahead of its time, and I, 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 I want to get your take on that, really, if if, if you don't mind. Uh, be, oh, no. it, it being way ahead of its time, or do you want yeah, my definitely. little review? Um, um being ahead I of definitely, time, I definitely think it's way ahead of our time. Uh, it's time. Like when I was talking about um earlier about it, the coming of age stuff, it is like the the flagship coming of age story. Yeah. Whenever you think of a coming of age story, you think besides Disney movies, you think uh Breakfast Club, you think Goonies, you think Pretty in Pink. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. In two of those are John Hughes movies, but still, like you, you think of these iconic like teens breaking stereotypes and the, these teenagers overcoming uh things that even adults can't overcome in like the, the the fraction of a movie and yes i know it's a movie so it's not like a real you know uh revelation that these kids make but it's still something that like is is good to see for kids nowadays like when i was in high school and i first saw this movie 
it, it didn't like like a, a lot of people were jerking it off and saying it's the best ever and you're you're doing a little bit of it too but when i first saw it i was like this is a good movie it's not definitely not what everyone's saying it was it's not the best film ever but it is one of those films that i think everyone has to see at some point in their life well it's like whether I, they see a remake or they see the original i definitely say see the original but like, it's like it is something that everyone see, needs to um, see if you want to see like a perfect like sequel air quotes to like the breakfast club i definitely recommend saint elmo's fire that's another like really good movie it, it's not by john hughes but it has a, a similar cast i think it's most of the same people um, I, it, it has John Nelson, I think Ali Sheedy, um, and I think, uh, the guy who plays Brian, he's in there too. Yes. Yeah. I think it's those three. Cause the, uh, cause Emilio Estevez and, uh, Molly Ringwald were doing, I think Pretty in Pink and whatever Emilio Estevez does. Yes. So <laughs> he's everywhere. He's associated but... to the Sheen family. Yeah. All right. Uh... So, uh, let me run through my little review first yeah. and then, uh, we'll get to some closing arguments and then talk about. Whatever we're going to talk about for the rest of The Breakfast Club. Yeah. So, The Breakfast Club means a lot of things to a lot of different people. And to me, it means friendship. Regardless of how the movie ends and them saying they won't actually talk to each other again. To me, that doesn't really hold up to the standards of friendship today. Watching this in today's environment, when you see these friends not talk to each other, or they're, they're going to say they're not going to talk to each other, I honestly don't believe it. Besides what I said about John and uh, Andrew and um, Allison, I do think they'll all talk to each other, regardless yeah. of what they say. So... That, that's just something that, that like, twisted the knife the wrong way for me. I was like, why would you, like, you guys bonded. You guys should be friends regardless of what everything says. You guys all overcame the whole, you, you overcame peer pressure. You overcame, you know, loneliness and shyness. And, like, you became better people. Why not just hang out with each other? Like, yeah. if, uh, I wrote it in here somewhere, um, you fight for your friends no matter who makes fun of them or if someone says they aren't worth your time. Like, you should always fight for someone you want to believe in, you know, until they yeah. prove you otherwise. Like if Bender was to, like if Andrew and Bender were hanging out and Bender all of a sudden like kissed uh, Allison, then yeah, Andrew can be like, okay, you're not my friend anymore. You're an asshole. But until then, like, you know, just talk. It, it's, it's not hard, but uh, back in the day, I mean, I'm not an eighties kid. I, I didn't, I, I wish I was an eighties kid, but I'm not an eighties kid. I, I don't know how clicks were back in the day. I never really had clicks in my high school. My high school was just a melting pot. I talked to everybody. Was I popular? No. Did I talk to everybody? Yeah, because I didn't give a shit. So, like, if, if I liked somebody, I would go out of my way to hang out with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm a bit different. Like, my high school did have the clicks. Mm. It, it had, like, your your nerds, your goths, your hot Cheeto girls at 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, and you had the Hot Cheetos from Starbucks. <laughs> and you had the wannabe thugs, and that's just overall like, yeah, um, I, I I talked to some of them, but I mainly stuck with my clique of the nerds, the gamers, and stuff. Like oh that. yeah, I, I stuck with my, my my peeps, but I every once in a while, if I was in class with somebody, I'd you know chat up the guy next to me or the girl next to me, or when I had a lunch period with people that weren't in my close proximity of friends, I would just go sit with other people and just chat it up and you know make new yeah. friends or. Or make new connections with people that I've only talked to in middle school. I went to um, Kanekwat for... I, I so, for my entire life. So, Kanekwat is four elementary schools that go into two middle schools that go into one high school. So, it was Jesus just a melting Christ. pot of, like, if you're in a clique, you're in a clique from a different school, and then it didn't work out. Because, like, everything just happened to be like, and you're there. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, the goth people hung out with each other. The jocks yeah. hung out with each other. But there were still people who, like, 
bled between the lines. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, here's more of my review. All the characters are well-written with complex and complicated backstories and home lives, which we don't necessarily have to see to believe. The acting is surprisingly great, despite the kids, uh, despite this being stacked with quote-unquote kids. I just wish we got more of Gleason. His character was very underutilized. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted a little bit more of Vernon. Like, when, when he was downstairs in the files looking at the, um, uh, downstairs in the little, like, file room looking at the files of the kids, like, for the guidance counselor. Yeah. And the, um, the janitor shows up. Like, I, I wish we got a little bit more of their conversation. Because the good oh. five minutes we got of them hanging out was, like, a nice little, like, hey, you know, you don't got to be a dick to these kids just because you think they're not going to take care of you when you're older. You have to meld them into the people you want them to be. Don't just yell at them because you're an asshole. You know? So I, I, I want to, I like, I'm sorry to interrupt your review. No, no, it's you. fine. Um, I want to talk about that scene. So, as you know, like, for since being the first episode i'm a bit of, of like of a film buff I, I i point out continuity errors in films yeah, you're a bigger film buff than i am i just like there's, watching um, films so, you like dissecting films <laughs> yeah so there's a continuity error in that in that scene when we're talking at the file cabinet and if you play if you pay close attention so there's like the a small little card on the file cabinet that kind of like says oh like a through z mm. you say um when it goes to when it goes back to the over the shoulder shot of vernon it's perfectly straight, but when you go over to the over-the-shoulder shot of the um, janitor, it's crooked. So when oh. you rewatch that movie, <laughs> you can never unsee it. <laughs> now, next time I watch it, I'm gonna see that and go, "Fuck you, Zach." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw it. I was like, a lot of those Wait little like tiny things are super duper annoying. Yeah, like I... like once you know about the stormtrooper bumping his head in Star Wars, you always see it. Yeah, or um, or, <laughs> your rock's um, not blinking. Or or, or 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 even the um uh in. in in, in Fight Club, you have um, I I think like the light switch in the background, I, I heard it like it, it disappears and then reappears, <laughs> in like in different shots. Yeah, and, or and the I room know, with like, the kind of like it's like it's like it's in the same scene, but yeah. like it, it disappears in different shots. Yeah, like the first time I watched the room, I didn't notice all the spoons in the pictures, <laughs> and then once you said something about it, yeah. that's all I can see when I watch the film is all the spoons and all the yeah. pictures in the background. Yeah, I, I, I was showing you like scenes from when from when fans go to see the movie, and you're like, "Why are they throwing spoons?" I go, "Well," <laughs> and we'll definitely cover the room at some point. Yes, uh, on definitely. this because that is one of the greatest terrible films of all time. Maybe Wait, we'll what? do a back to back. We'll do Disaster Artist, The Room. Yeah, that, uh, that's what I, I might suggest. We we do um, yeah. The Room then Disaster Artist. Yeah, because I, I just want to talk about those films because there's oh Disaster Artist is great, but The Room is like so bad it's good. Yeah. And then I want to talk about more um, Tommy Wiseau films because he's got this one coming out called Big Shark. Cannot wait to oh. see that. <laughs> I, I I I still haven't seen um Best Friend. Best yeah Best Friends. Yeah, there's That's part one and part two. They both came out, so maybe we'll watch those as well. Also, like, I like to mention too. Um, so the the, to, the podcast listeners, um, me, me and Hunter have been friends probably for like four years now. I think close to that, yeah. And like our, our first movie that we actually saw together with a group of friends was Disaster Artist. <laughs> yeah, that actually was that, like that the was first changing. movie. <laughs> like it was because it was fun because I, I got to be with the people who are are, are considered my, my best friends at, at the time. Yeah. Some who I still keep in contact with. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. But like, because cause I remember the hype up to that movie. I didn't know what it was. I saw James yeah. Franco and Seth Rogen tied into a movie, and I was like, there's no <laughs> way I'm missing this. And then you told me it was based off this weird movie by this actor I never heard of, and I was and like, no, you're lying. And then you showed it to me, and I was like, this is the greatest terrible movie ever. 
Yeah, because, like, what, we, we watched it, like, three times? Yeah, we, we watched it once in Spanish with English subtitles, and then once in English. And then we watched, yeah. um, The the Disaster Artist. Yes. <laughs> it's still really oh, fun. It's ridiculous. Back to Breakfast Club. We'll get to yes. the room eventually. That 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 is a tale of, of woe. So, yeah. all right. Um... The Breakfast Club is a film that people still talk about to this day, and quite honestly, it baffles me. I, I never understood why it was so popular. Uh, and we, 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 this is before we, me and you just talked. Um, yeah. Maybe it's because I watched it for the first time when I was a senior in high school, or maybe it's because I can't relate to any of the characters. But despite my lack of compassion towards the film, I can't say it's terrible. It's one of the better John Hughes films, and it's a great way to start off you know, this, ep- this show. Yes. P.S. Bender's fucking annoying, and you can't tell me he's not. <laughs> Hey, I, I like him. Like <laughs> that's sure, my letterbox he, review. <laughs> I, I I like Bender. He yes, he he, he sexually harassed Claire. He even does something under the table to Claire. Yeah, but he, um, he gets a little raunchy. Yes, like I I completely forgot this movie was rated R. I thought it was like a PG thirteen movie because I thought it was be, before all the ratings came out. No, it was like just about uh, when they started coming out. Because I was like, man, they're saying fuck a lot. Yeah, they're saying fuck. They're smoking weed, like, quote-unquote, on camera. Um, they're yeah. calling the principal dick, like, just straight up. Instead of, oh, you know, shyly talking they're about it. They're also calling him gay for yeah. raiding Barry Manilow's closet. Yeah, they say uh, a bad word in there. So it, it's very yeah. of its times. But, like, I would love to see a remake of this film. Not because yeah. I didn't like this one. I, I, I'm giving it a seven marijuana in brian's pants is out of, of 10 <laughs> now um, okay so seven marijuana up, cigarettes <laughs> so you, you bring up remake i, I want to hear your ideal cast for this. i don't have an ideal cast you son of a bitch we should have talked about this before we started the show <laughs> oh no no i'm throwing you on the spot <laughs> um, I, I can think of you know you go I, through I yours think... first then i'll think of mine okay <laughs> and we'll, um, we'll go to it uh maybe i, I I'm, I'm tossed up between putting this actor as either andrew or brian but Tom Holland. No, you can't be one of these. No, no, no. We can't have the first episode of this podcast be you shooting yourself in the fucking foot. Tom Holland, man. No, no. I love Tom Holland. Don't get me wrong. But everyone casts him. I, I'm on Twitter all the time because I'm a loser. <laughs> and Timothy Chalamet and Tom Holland get cast as fucking everything. All um, the fan casts. If, if you're going to do a Breakfast Club, you have to do unknown actors. Very small roles. That's, that's like before Tom, hard, before, then. No, it's not. Because you get like... Taron Egerton, Tom Holland, and Daisy Ridley were all unknowns in at least U.S. cinemas before Kingsman, before Star Wars, and before uh, Civil War. Tom yeah. Holland was in, he was a big U.K. actor, well, a big kid U.K. actor, and then he had one movie uh, in the U.S. Daisy Ridley didn't have anything except for what she did in the U.K., and then Taron, I don't even know his backstory, and I could be wrong about him, but I didn't see him before uh, Kingsman. So, like... You can uh, easily find unknown yeah. actors. You don't need... Like, I'm not saying unknown, like, never been in anything ever, like, off the street. I'm saying unknown, like, maybe a sitcom character. like maybe um, kind of like a 434 film character. Yeah, or like an A24 situation. A- A24, yeah. Yeah. There's, um... Uh, what's your face? From Booksmart. Um, the one that's not Jonah Hill's sister. <laughs> um, I haven't seen Booksmart, but I think... Oh, I my God. We're definitely covering Booksmart on the show. Um, that actress was in not a lot of stuff until she landed. Oh, I'm going to find her on IMDb. Um, Caitlin Deaver. She was from a bunch of sitcoms and then uh, like one or two like legal dramas or something. 
and then she in Booksmart she broke out as, as this huge ass character and like she's probably my favorite character in the entire film so like you can get people like Caitlin Deaver or Beanie first of oh my god what's her last name Feldstein uh, who's the other character in Booksmart to play these like, unknown we, we don't need randoms we, we can get unknown actors what so but instead of casting what you're gonna cast because we don't want Tom Holland we don't want Jennifer Lawrence we don't want fucking Alex uh, Alexa Winter or whatever her name is we want people who are unknown give me the How, archetypes you would cast fine, fine like um some of the kids from mid 90 yeah exactly see like that um, kid the, the main kid from mid 90 could easily be the Brian yes um or the kids I, I, from Bad or the Good Boys that came out last year. Oh yes, definitely. they're a little they're, they're a little too young to be in uh, the film now. But give it like three or four more years, they could easily either one of those kids be in uh, the Breakfast Club remake. Well, I I even like I I, I shoot the shit with my with my other friends about that movie. I said like if they were to do a grown up version, I I don't care. I I, I want the I want these big wigs to be in it. I want Craig Robinson. I want. Um, <laughs> I want Danny McBride, <laughs> and um, uh, maybe uh, uh, uh Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, Sarah, Michael Sarah. <laughs> I, I don't care. I, I want those three to to play, the um, the the the, the, the grown-up versions of those kids. They call it good men. <laughs> but um, or, or good mans. <laughs> there's one thing though. I want to keep consistent, and it looks like that Bender is portrayed by an older actor. Um, yeah, I guess someone he, who can seems like a little bit of a an someone guy. who can play. I, I want to see I like, can play like, a good like dick, in a it's sense. Um, no, um, get like <laughs> maybe do um, uh, shit on. Uh, keep talking while while I look this up. Oh, keep talking. Um, so for me, instead of getting actors, I would like to just cast archetypes instead. Like keep the same like the criminal, the loner, the etc. But like we need more representation in this film. We need people of different races rather than all of them just being white. We need people of different genders rather than all just being mostly straight, depending on how you interpret Bender or Ali Sheedy's character. Okay, um, I got the actor now. Put on, like, you're going to laugh your ass off. Excuse me. Uh, Tom Hardy. Just put Tom Hardy as Bender. <laughs> no! <laughs> Why not? <laughs> A grown-ass man hanging out in high school. Well, no. that's who Bender was. No, Tom Hardy can be um, the janitor. Well, I, 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 I want like I want like those funny like things. And like me and you brought up, if we were to like recast uh, Vernon, do John Cryer, um, do bring back Paul Gleason, or even put in um, uh, uh, Matthew Broderick as the principal, because yeah. I, I, I at least won't want to keep a consistency with like. Um, john hughes aesthetic i think they should keep um the janitor and vernon as pat gleason and whoever plays the janitor clark because i think it would be funny to have like because you can make it be like a spiritual sequel where it's like the breakfast club but it's like the principal's still the same character and the, the janitor's still the same guy and they make nods at the original breakfast club he goes something like, like that like yeah, Cause it could like, be, it could technically still be are... a sequel. Cause you can have like a modern high school with modern characters and modern aesthetic or whatever. And then you have the same two classic principal janitor. And then you can see if they decided to change their personalities or not. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like that's possible. Cause like, cause both, um, Paul Gleason and the, the guy who played Clark, let's not discredit him. His name is John Kapalos. Gotcha. 
Um, so yeah. He's a tall dude. He's six foot. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm five five. Everyone, everyone told him he is. Uh, He's a giant. Oh, <laughs> we can't get Paul Gleason. Huh? Oh no. Paul Gleason passed away in 2006. Ah, oh, fuck me, right? <laughs> Got a lot of hyping him up and then going, oh wait. I apologize to all Pat Gleason, uh, Paul Gleason fans and his family for casting him as a corpse in a movie, but <laughs> but a character similar to him. So maybe Matthew Broderick instead of John Cryer, because John Cryer, if oh man, King of Staten Island, John Cryer is no. icing on the cake. No, no, do one better. No, uh, not, on. no, big time adolescence. I'm sorry, big time adolescence. Get um, get John Nelson. Get like oh, that would be awesome. No, no, no. you get the guy who played um Andrew. Uh, Andrew, fucking Emilio Estevez. You either get Emilio Estevez or the guy who played Brian and make okay, them the principal, so... and then you make Judd Nelson the uh, the, the janitor. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Or you could make Judd Nelson the principal, and it's like eventually he ended up respecting, at least as a principal, he ended up respecting authority and then decided to teach youngins so they wouldn't end up like him. Yeah. That could be a good, like, because that would be good to see Bender, um, you know, grow up. And it would also be cool if he still had Molly Ringwald's earring in. And made oh, mention yes. that they saw each other, or like they had a kid, and then she passed, or something like that. I don't know. That's like uh, now I kind of want to go back into, into the movie verse of of just of Breakfast Club. Let's talk about Bender's fucking locker. Oh, with the it had, a, it had a it had a guillotine in it. it had a little guillotine and a little noose. <laughs> so like, how? Why? I don't know, man. You just and figure had, it out. And he had a bag of weed, which was wrapped up in three different paper bags. So I guess. No drug dog can, can sniff it out. Yeah, if you put it in three paper bags. <laughs> yeah, it definitely will work, man. Or, or are you hiding it in fucking Brian's underwear? Yeah, right in his crotch. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love how they blatantly say to uh, Dick, like, yeah, it's in... They're like, okay, where is it? Like, it's in Brian's pants. And then everyone starts laughing, and I'm like, oh, shit. Way to lie, and then not lie at the same time. <laughs> Uh, or they have, um, or, or or when um uh Vernon comes back in after the door is closed, he goes like, "Well, why is this door closed?" And he, he talks to um Ali Sheedy's character, and Bender goes, "She is mute, sir. She doesn't yeah, talk." Yeah. And then uh, he's like, "All right, who took the screw? Why did you take the screw?" And he's like, "He's like, I didn't take the screw. The screws just fall out all the time." And, and then uh, goes, I think Molly Ringwald or Andrew backs him up, and then him and Andrew put that thing in front of the door and they're like fire what code. if it's a f- yeah what if it's a fire hazard and we all got killed and he's like all right andrew wh- why'd you put that there andrew move that go 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 andrew don't put that there again <laughs> he like he avoided all fucking responsibility yeah. for that that found again. hilarious again um, adds layers to the character that we only see for like a 20 percent of the film then yeah like um i guess i i i, I like this movie because i want i i'm also like i because you know me i i said I, I'm, a, I'm a film buff i love classic movies Mainly between the 80s and stuff, because, like, the 80s were a beautiful time for, for cinema, Yeah, in my opinion. 80s were the golden age of cinema, my dude. A- a- 80s and 90s were definitely a key, pivotal moments in cinema. We got Terminator, we got Robocop, we got Die Hard, we got Breakfast Club, we got yeah. every, like, almost every John Hughes movie. <laughs> I, it's also a shame, that, like, I, I didn't know this, that, that John Hughes passed in 2009. Oh, it's dude. Been... Um, there was this, did John Hughes do Home, uh, Home Alone? Yes, he did. Yeah, I was watching the there's a there's a series on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us. Yeah. And I didn't know John Hughes was dead when I watched the Home Alone episode. So right in the last 10 minutes of the Home Alone episode, they give you this like whole thing about like 
John Candy was also supposed to be in the movie at some point, or he was. And oh my god! They talk about how John Candy died, and then like ten minutes later, they're like, and then when I heard that John Hughes passed, and I was like, you can't double whammy me like it's... this, dude. And I was like bawling. I was like, you cannot do this to me right now. I just watched like... a film about one of the most like a little documentary about one of the most inspirational films that may never have oh. happened because of budgeting and blah blah whatever. You should definitely yeah. check out the movies that made us if you haven't yet, Zach. But like, oh okay. man, it, gut punch every single time. They did a Ghostbusters one where they talk about uh, Harold Ramis. And I was like, oh why? God. Why? They, they do Dirty Dancing where they talk about Patrick Swayze. Dude, I can't. <laughs> every single well, one except for the dirt, uh, except for the um, Die Hard one ends with like a death of some care, of some actor. They, they, like, they didn't touch upon the Alan Rickman stuff in uh, the Die Hard one. I, I think with, um, with uh, you know, Ghostbusters, isn't like the, the new one that was supposed to come out during like the middle of this, like actually supposed to be out right now. Actually, it was supposed to be out now. Yeah, yeah. It was um, done, it's it, being done by his son or his nephew. Yeah, like, his son or daughter, I think. Right. Yeah. Because like I, I I'm, a, I'm appreciative of that that it's done. It's being done by by someone oh, no. who is. It's not like, being done by Ramus's daughter or son. Yeah. It's being done by the original writer slash director, and then Ramus's uh, family is helping as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, which is very good because you also because you also got. The, the air quotes, like, you have one member of the Brad Pack of this generation, which is, um... Uh, yeah, Wolfhard. <laughs> He's definitely part of the Brad Pack. Yeah. He, 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 <laughs> the Stranger he, he, Things Brigade. <laughs> like, hell, it, it, even, if you, even if you cast the, uh, half of them in New Breakfast Club, it could Yeah, work. but then it would just be Stranger Things. Well, a- anything at this point with, like, Wolfhard in and is Stranger Things the movie. I know. Because everyone knows him from Stranger Things. Then you see yeah. him, he's like, he's not just Stranger Things. Yeah. So, all right, Zach, do you want to close us out of yeah. this first episode instead of uh, me closing it out because I want you to talk a little bit more? Yeah, of course. Yeah, no. Um, thank you all for listening, guys. You can follow us on Instagram at Box Office Losers and on Twitter at Box Office uh, at Box Losers, not Box Office Losers, because. Someone stole that, and they haven't used it since 2011. It's not that they stole it. They had it first, and then they just stopped using it after but it tweeted Twitter, nothing. T- Twitter was supposed to delete inactive accounts. Yeah, but they never do. Um, yeah, so, so follow us at Box Losers until we can clear this up or until that account somehow gets deactivated. Um, stay up to date with us. Um, I am, I'm on almost everything. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Follow me wherever you can, mainly Instagram and Twitter's where I post. Uh, I'm also what, a what, What's your handle? Oh, um, uh, at DarkShadowZake on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also a contributor on the Sports Hit List. That's a little shout-out to the, the sports podcast that I work on. But, yeah, now you uh, want to give a shout-out to anything? Yeah, so on uh, you can follow me at ScruffyMooseMan on both Instagram and Twitter. I either talk about Batman or comic books or post pictures of myself with my girlfriend or whatever other pro- uh, projects I'm doing. If you follow my personal account and then for my podcast, Android's amazing podcast, you can follow that on Instagram. Just at Android's amazing podcast. It's a comic book podcast. I do at the store I work at. We talk about comics, movies, TV, you know, the entire realm of comic books. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Zach, take us home with the last sentence of our little outro. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends. We are the Box Office Losers, and we are signing off. Peace. Uh, Stop recording.